0: many of you have a grandmother or know someone, like a grandmother figure, who would feed you and feed you and feed you to the point where you cannot eat anymore and you're stuffed? Quite a few, right? <laughs> yeah, my, my grandmother is not quite like that, but still, we have a, a custom of, of feeding people. And when people come over to your house you need to make sure that you have enough food and they are well fed there was a person like that in the bible as well and we want to look at her today and that story is found in second kings chapter four and i'll be reading from verses verse eight through 17 and the bible says one day elisha went to shunem and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal so whenever he came by he stopped there to eat She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day, then Elisha came. He went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, "'Tell her, you, get, you have gone to all this trouble for us. "'Now what can be done for you? "'Can we speak on your behalf to the king "'or the commander of the army?' "'She replied, "'I have a home among my own people.' "'What can be done for her?' Elisha asked. "'Gehazi said, "'Well, she has no son and her, and her husband is old.' Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that time, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. The story goes on. But we, we just will stop here because of time. But you can go home and continue to read the story until the end, Second uh, Kings chapter 4. So this woman of, of Shunem, um, this woman insits, insisted Elisha to come to her house to have a meal. You know, like, it's not like she, um, Elisha came to her. He, he was just passing by but you know the the custom of the Jewish culture like the Abraham and Lot they would invite people over even the people they don't know invite people over to their house and feed them she did that and every time he would come over Elisha and his servant would come over they would treat them really well and one day, she goes to her husband and says, you know what, you know the, the man of God that comes to our house and eats? What if we build a room for him so he could stay and, and he could stay over, not just eat a meal and go? And he goes, okay, very well, let's do that. And what do they do? They build a room where? Upstairs, on the roof. Um, for us in, in, in American culture, Upstairs room is better, or downstairs room is better, or does it matter? Would you prefer an upstairs room? First floor? There's no basement here in California. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? But in a Jewish culture, it matters. Why? The first floor is where the living space is, living room. The kitchen, the living room where people talk, the family room. That's where everything is. But the second floor is where all the bedrooms are. So inside, they have a a living room and all that, and kitchen, and that's where people eat and socialize. But when they go to sleep and rest, they go upstairs to sleep. Why? The first floor, you stay with also with the animals. Oh, did you realize that? They live in the same building. A lot of homes, when archaeologists discover the homes, they they find the living room, they find the kitchen. Also, they find the place for animals to stay because outside is too cold or too hot. So they have animals inside the building, first floor. So upstairs is where they have sleeping places for people. So when she said, let's build a room upstairs," meant, oh, let's just put them in a a small room where we find a small space. No, actually, let's build a legit room where they can stay. Knowing the fact that this woman was a well-to-do woman, as the Bible says, probably had a lot of money, a lot of animals too. So it was a well-to-do house, probably a bigger house as well. So that's what they had. And they put him in a nice place. What does Acts ten nine say? Peter said, well, Peter went up to where to pray? To the roof to pray. So the roof, in a Bible context, is a place where they rest. It's a good place for them to pray, meditate, and, and sleep as well. That's what it is. And they built a room. Elisha is touched, like, wow, this woman, you have gone through all this trouble to to do this. You didn't have to do this, but you feed us really well, and now you built a room for us. That's awesome. Thank you so much. What can we do to help you? And Elisha is thinking, okay, what can I do for this woman? What can I do? You know, this woman came up with the idea of feeding Elisha when they didn't have to, but they did it anyways, she built a home, built, built a room for people to come, and Elisha to come and rest. And Elisha cannot think about anything what to do. Like, what can be done? Can we speak to the king on your behalf? Maybe the commander of the army? If you, if you have a connection, would you like to speak to the president of our country? <laughs> no, you don't want to? <laughs> well, I don't want to go into politics, but what I'm saying is that would you like to speak to someone who is in, uh, who has power, authority, someone who can maybe, you know, help you in, in something, some way, commander of the army, or someone who is in the top rank or something. Would you like to be connected to someone who is important, who is famous, who is rich? Yeah, that's what he was thinking. And what did she say? i have a home in my own people what does that translate into english because we don't use that term but that means i am satisfied i don't need anything else i have my house i have my husband i don't need anything else i am good it's okay elisha man of god i'm okay that's what she's saying do you think elisha actually could have done something for her like spoken to the king because they don't have the connection to speak to king but Elisha always talks to the king or the commander of the army he could have very easy but she refused politely and then Elisha goes to or he's he's probably lying down on the new bed that that is made for him and like oh this feels so comfortable this mattress is perfect this is great it feels good nice view I just had good meal it just feels good but what can I do for her? I mean, what, what does she need? And he asks Gehazi, his servant, like, what can be done? And Gehazi goes like, well, I see that she has no son and her husband is old. And Elisha was like, that's right. How come I didn't think about that? Gehazi, you know, we, we know Gehazi, like, okay, what kind of person is Gehazi? What, what other story do we know about Gehazi very greedy and lied. And eventually he got leprosy because of that, right? Because of the story of Naaman. But this is before that. And Gehazi, what we know of him is that he's very observant. He sees things. You know, there are some type of people who would see things and he would notice. There are some people who will see things not knowing what's going on, have no clue. (laughs) Very peaceful at, at whatever is going on. Gehazi is very observant, and he sees what's going on. Let me tell you why having a son is a big deal. So she is rich, she is comfortable, nothing. She doesn't need anything. She's very hospitable. But if she has no son, which she does, what's going to happen to her later on? Her husband is now... Bible says he is old. So I don't know the age gap, but he's old now. She may be also old, getting old, getting there. But they have no children, no son. They're rich. They have a nice house. But when this old husband dies, what will happen? Most likely, he will die first, right? And when she's left alone without her husband without any sons, what will happen? Remember the story of Ruth? Story of other Jewish history? All her properties, her land, her house, everything she owns will be hers? No. It will go to the nearest kin. Somebody else. That means everything that she owns now will not be hers it will be taken away from her because the woman back then was not a person was a possession. woman belongs to man. so when man disappears dies deceases, then woman follows whatever the position of that man goes to the next closest cousin or, or brother or someone we call it leverage marriage so she won't have anything of her own, her own unless she has her own child. Remember the story of Elisha? Just before this story, there's a story of a woman who her husband died and she had two boys and story of the oil and then multiplying in a jars, right? In jars. What happen, same thing will happen to her. When her two sons will be taken away, she will have nothing left. Everything, her house will be taken away from her. That's what will happen. So, that's what will happen. Now she's rich. She has her house. She's content. But if they have no children, if her old husband dies, she will lose everything you have. And she says, I'm content. This woman is something else. And Gehazi catches that and says, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And Lasha goes like, Yes, that's it. And call her back, and, and she comes back. She's standing at the door, very polite. She doesn't want to go in and intrude the people, resting. She's standing at the door, even though this is her house. Like, okay, I'm here at your service. Do you need something? Perhaps you need some more water. Do you need another, another blanket? Or, or what, what, what do you need? And it says, and Elisha goes, okay, by this time next year, you'll have a son. You'll be holding a son in your hand. And what is her response? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Elisha. Thank you so much. That's what I've been wanting. No. She says, please, please stop. Stop mocking me. Stop teasing me. You know, my husband is old. We've tried this many, many, so many times. Please do not raise my hope. But Elisha said, no. You will have a son about this time next year, and you'll be holding a son. It's not you'll be having a baby. I don't know if that will be a boy or a girl. You will have a baby. No. Elijah said you will have a son because having a son is that much more important than a daughter in that context. Not in our context, in that context. Because when she has a son, and when her old husband dies, now she can keep everything through her son that's what happened and about next year about that time what happens she gives birth to birth to a son and the son is growing up and the story goes on and one day the boy goes to um, her father the field and they are um harvesting or working in the field and verse 19 he says oh my head my head my head hurts and the father says, What? You know the story? Take him to his mother. Okay, well, I I know he was busy, but like, couldn't you have just like checked on him? Like, what's going on? Hey son, are you okay? Couldn't he just have not taken him to his wife? Like, on his own? He told his servant, take him to his mother's, to his mother, yeah. I mean that's all I mean, men some men some dads like when when kids are doing well they're happy they're they're good they're fine okay okay we're good but when kids are in trouble like okay take it to the mother <laughs> when when have dirty diapers okay here you go <laughs> when they need something a little more attention like okay here you go <laughs> that's exactly what they're what he's doing here I think, but I'm sure many dads here, most dads here, or all the dads here know what to do with their sons, right? With their daughters, with their kids, I'm sure. But this dad was like that. But on the other hand, I think this wasn't maybe something that serious. If he thought that he was actually going to die, if it was something serious, he would have probably stopped because, think about it, this son that they just had It's a very precious child. They've tried for many, many years, all their lives, they couldn't have a child. And now the son that they had is a very precious child. He wouldn't have taken it lightly. But the condition that he had must have been something very, very simple. Like, oh, maybe he's just having a headache or maybe he's dehydrated. Maybe he just, uh, he wants to get some rest. Take him to his mother. That's what he did. And when the mother came back asking for a donkey and a servant his response was like well what's what's what i mean what are why are you trying to go to Elisha for it's not a sabbath it's not there's no special occasion Why why are you doing that he's never thinking of his boy in trouble or dead so i don't think the condition was that bad but then verse 20 says the boy sat on the mother's lap until noon then he Now, this mother, this morning, the boy was fine, completely fine. He's like, Mommy, can I go to see daddy? Can I go see him working? Like, sure. And he went. This morning, she probably packed some lunch for the whole workers and and her husband and the boy as well okay here's your lunch here's your daddy's lunch make sure you you don't eat it now but eat it later during lunchtime or there are some snacks too so if you get hungry please grab it and like eat some bread or fish or whatever fruits pomegranate or, or fix dry fix eat something and then he's brought back home with uh, by a servant and he's not doing too well. And she's having him lay on on her lap until noon. So that was early in the morning, and he died. All all, all the mothers in our congregation, just, just imagine this. Your son, your child that you've been wanting to have all your life, that you couldn't have, but miraculously, you received a miracle child in your old age or in your advanced age. And now the boy, we don't know the exact age. But the Bible says, her, I mean, the child's dad says, carry him to his mother. So if the boy is 15 years old, do you think you would carry him to his mother? So carry him to his mother, even though he's sick must be a young child jj if he's sick i don't think i would carry him if he's really sick maybe maybe but the condition wasn't too bad we talked. we talked about so this boy must be a very very young boy maybe five seven at the most young boy possibly like three four who knows young boy Imagine you have your child, the miracle child, that that you just love him so much. And you have that child in your lap, and the boy is dying. There's nothing you can do. And the boy eventually died. Moms, how'd you feel? How'd you feel? You're devastated. I see commentary says this in volume 2, page 869. Oh, before that. Uh, the son of the Shinamite had brought gladness into the home, but he was also the means of bringing anguish of heart. This child brought so much joy to the family, but now this child, because of this child, woman is suffering greater than if the son was not there at all. He is, She's is heartbroken. She's just broken in pieces. And now what she does is very interesting. Instead of telling her husband, she doesn't tell her husband. Actually, she asks for a donkey and a servant. So she can go see Elisha, the man of God. And the husband goes like, why do you need to go see him for there's no reason to go like everything is fine and the bible says everything is fine um that verse mm, verse 22 verse 23 why go to him today he asked it's not the new moon or the sabbath it is all right or it is all good she said you know that phrase it is all well it is all good do you know what that phrase in hebrew That literal translation, it is all good, is the word that you know in Hebrew. Everybody knows that word in Hebrew, even though you don't speak Hebrew. Shalom. What does that mean? Peace means peace. Okay, if there's anybody that you should discuss and talk to in a situation like this, who would that be? Her husband isn't it i mean if you are in trouble wouldn't you talk to your spouse first but she says okay get me these i need these to go see elisha what's the problem i mean it's not Sabbath, it's not new moon why do you need the donkey and and the the man for i mean here i am short-handed i need everybody that i can put them to work she says everything is fine shalom and then she goes she didn't tell her husband. I don't know why, but she doesn't tell her husband. She doesn't tell it to Gehazi either, the, the servant who comes to, to meet them on the road. Because Elisha sees that she's running or riding a donkey and, and coming, and Elisha says, There's something wrong. Go go meet her. And, and see, ask if everything is okay. And she also says the same thing: Shalom. Everything is okay. Until she sees Elisha. And then she just collapses in front of Elisha. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit later. She goes, and she's, she says, she tells her servant, okay, get on the donkey. Probably they both got on the same donkey. Get on the donkey, or maybe two separate. I don't know. They were like, run as fast as you can. Do not slow down until I tell you. If you meet somebody, don't, don't just ignore them. Just Just run, just go and then they go off they go and where do they go they went to mount carmel where where um elisha was living so between shunem and uh, mount carmel is about 20 miles of distance do you know how fast donkeys can can run do you know how fast horses can go Horses can go a little faster, but donkeys, fast ones, can go as fast as about 40 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. Some, a little less. So 20 miles, 40 miles an hour. How long does it take? 30 minutes. So I would say between 30 minutes to an hour, they got there. And they were like full force. They are running. They got there and elisha lived on mount carmel what, what's, what's mount carmel what what's, what do you know about mount carmel it's the place oh, mount carmel right here <laughs> mount carmel in israel is what what is famous about that place it's the best place for elisha to live actually because of the meaning of what took place just years before He lived there. His teacher, or his 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 father, stepfather, or adoptive father, Elijah, what happened with Elijah on Mount Carmel? The fire came down, burned the altar, and they slew how many people? How many how many prophets of Baal and so 450? prophets of Baal and um, 400 other uh, other prophets so altogether 850 people got slain on the same day and there was three and a half years of famine and the fire came down and burned everything up so can you imagine Elisha living on Mount Carmel the fire came down from heaven and burned everything in that area the rocks the water the sacrifice everything do you think the burnt mark is still there I bet it was still there. So Elisha, when he goes out for a morning walk, he could see, oh, that's the place where the fire came down and burned everything up. So that rich meaning of significance was right there, and he was living right there. And Shinamite woman comes, and she falls down at, at um, Elisha's feet and, and grabs his feet, and Gehazi goes like, hey, 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 woman. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, it's, it's too much. What are you doing and she's trying to get him, get her out. And Elisha says, "No, okay, leave her alone. There is something. She has a trouble in her heart, and the Lord has, uh, he didn't reveal it to me. There is something." And she goes, "Did I ask you for a son?" That's what she said. "Did I ask you for a son?" And Elisha figures out, you know what? Something wrong with the boy. There is something wrong, and she. She, uh, he tells her, he tells his servant Gehazi to go and, and uh, run faster because she just came running. She's tired. Like, okay, run to her house as fast as you can and leave my staff on the child's face. And he runs there. But you know what? After the boy died, do you know what she did? Do you know what she did? I, I think this is important for us to read. So let's go find and uh, read it there let's see uh, verse 21 so after he died after the boy died verse 21 of chapter 4 she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of god then shut the door and went out and then she asked for the donkey and then she goes to see uh, elisha so what does she do after the boy died she brings him to where? Elisha's room and puts him on Elisha's bed and shut the door after. And then she goes after meeting Elisha. Now, let me ask you a question. When somebody dies in our culture, what do you do? When somebody dies, call 911. <laughs> they take the dead or either dying person or the dead person to the hospital until the doctor can pronounce the time of death and then the body is taken to the mortuary until the further planning is done, right? Do you take the dead body to your room and put the baby or the child on your bed? I'm going to wait three days to see if he will get back up. No. No. Another question, how long does it take for someone's death to the funeral in our culture? Three days, seven days, a month, it depends. Because we now have the refrigerator, you can keep, preserve the body for a long time. Back then in the Jewish culture, you know what happened? When somebody dies, the funeral takes in one week, Three days? One day. The funeral takes in one day, the same day. That's what happens. Because if you leave the body in the hot weather, the body decays. That's what they do in one day. So if she had admitted that he died, what do you think she should have done? Call her husband. Okay, husband. I'm sorry, but our boy died. We have to have a funeral today. I know you're busy harvesting, but this is more important. We have to have a funeral for the boy. Instead of her preparing for a funeral, what is she preparing for? She's not preparing him for a funeral, she's preparing him for a resurrection. Do you see her faith? Here bible commentary page 869 if the man of god could intercede with god to provide the child in the first place he could also have power with god to restore the child that's what she believed friends when you have a problem what do you do do you look at the problem and say you know what oh man this is this is difficult i don't know what to do god I mean, you brought me here. I don't know what to do. Do something. And do you get discouraged? We do sometimes. But look at this woman. This woman, instead of getting discouraged, instead of getting dismayed, yes, she's devastated in her heart. She just watched her son dying on her lap. But she prepares him for a resurrection. The God who brought this child to me can raise him back. That's what she does you want to do the same when you when you are faced with challenges of life instead of collapsing instead of just sitting down and doing nothing prepare yourself for a great miracle that God can do for you if God has brought you thus far the same God can do something amazing for your life don't just stop there don't just just get discouraged don't stop Expect God to do something amazing in your life because the same God who has given the Shunammite woman the son and raised him back is the God we pray to today, is the God that worship today, is the God that you have in your heart today, is the same God that you call him Father, is the same God. So pray to that God. Expect God to do something amazing. And Elisha, I have to wrap it up. Elisha says that, okay, do something, leave my staff there, but is the boy awakened? No. Until, the, until Elisha goes there and goes to see the boy himself, by now it's been like at least an hour or two, and now the boy's body is getting cold or maybe getting stiffened, and you can actually see death taking place. There is no more pulse there's no more circulation you can see it's it's turning pale and Elisha does something very very interesting he's doing mouth to mouth basically he lies down on the boy he places his eyes on the boy's eyes mouth to mouth hands to hand and he's praying he's praying to God and then what happens the boy's body is turning warmer, but didn't wake up yet. Elisha comes down and like, okay. But you know what? Guess why he did that. Does he know what to do when, when someone dies and he, he, his pressure to resurrect him back? Has he done it before? No. He's never done that before. Do you know what, do you, does he know what to do? No, but he has seen his master do something like that before. Oh, I don't know what to do. Let me copy Elijah. (laughs) That's exactly what he did. (laughs) So he said, okay, let me just do that because I don't know what to do. God, please do something. And that's what he did. And God says, okay, if you don't know what to do, I'll just work with you. And God raises him back. Now, the boy is brought back to life after that. In closing, I want to point out two things. So, this woman, who should have talked to her husband, who should have talked to Gehazi, or who should have let everyone know, okay, my son is dead. Everyone, please prepare for a funeral. Everyone, we'll have funeral today. Please come. And she should have arranged food. She should have arranged the ceremony, like the, the, the funeral service. She should have arranged all that. But. Instead, she doesn't reveal it to anybody because if she tells it to her husband, what do you think he's going to say? I'm so sorry. Honey, I'm so sorry, but we have to have a funeral today. I'll stop what what I'm doing. We can just do that next time. But let's prepare for a funeral. She was afraid of that. So she says, no, I refuse to do that. And she does not disclose that information to anybody but to Elisha. If you have any trouble in your heart, heart, there are some things that you should share with other people. But there are some, some things that you shouldn't share. You should just go straight to the man of God, straight to God. You should bring it to Jesus. You should bring it to God and then pray to him alone. Would you like to do that too? If you have any trouble, if you have any problem, don't tell it to other people. Just go straight to God and tell him and that's one lesson that we can learn from him from the story and just like this woman prepare for a resurrection not for a funeral when we are faced with life challenges we should expect god to do something amazing because now this woman not only has one testimony you know what I've been nice to this man of God. Now I am blessed. We are, my husband and I are blessed with a miracle child. Not only that, she has two testimonies. What? My son died. Now God raised him back. Think about the testimony that she had for her life. If, now question, had she stopped and she didn't go see the man of God, do you think God would have raised this child back on his own? No, I don't think so. She needed to go see God's men of God and ask for it. God, do something. You have given me a son. Now he's dead. This is your problem. Raise him back. That faith, that inquiry, inquiry made the resurrection possible. If you stop at the challenges of your life, something that God has prepared, stored, planned may not take place. Do you want to continue on and seek God when you are faced with life challenges? Because if you don't do it, nothing will happen. But when you do it, something amazing can happen, just like this woman experienced. So I challenge you to go to God and seek Him only. And... Expect something great happening from God when you're faced with challenges. How many of you want to do that? I pray that God will answer you and that he will show his great miracles in your life. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for the story that is written in the Old Testament, how you have blessed this Shinnah woman. Lord, when you are faced with challenges, help just like the Bible says, pray. Go inside your storeroom. Go inside your closet. Close the door behind you and pray to God, who will hear your prayer. Like Matthew said, "Help us to pray to You only." And when we are faced with challenges that we cannot handle, where we cannot, but we, when we don't know what to do, help us to pray to You. Help us to go to You because You are the source of our sal- salvation. You are the solver of our problems. So, Lord, please do something for us. But give us faith so that we could do something about it because you can do it when we do something when we don't do it you would not do it so lord please we pray that you will give us the faith to act upon it and when we do give us the testimonies amazing stories that can we can praise you for in, for the rest of our lives bless all the church members here bless everyone here so that we could experience something amazing like this Shinamite woman had experienced Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up for the